Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Today on the podcast, I'll be continuing my interview with Stan Parks of 2414, and we will keep talking about mindset shifts that we talked about last time, but especially focusing today on having a God-sized vision, a dream that is for a whole entire people group or a region, not just for what you can do, but what God wants to do. So you're going to enjoy this episode. We'll be back in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Or frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. So so good. Yeah, what else would you add as key shifts that need to take place in our minds and in our hearts? Yeah. You know, back in 2010, we had a meeting with 38 movement catalysts. This is kind of early on. Um, Steve Smith and, and others helped organize it. You had a lot of key catalysts there, you know, uh, Ying Kai, Ying and Grace Kai, and Bill Smith and Victor John and David Watson and Curtis Arch and much less folks. And so we asked the question, what does that, what does the outside catalyst bring to the table that's crucial, that's just absolutely necessary? Mm-hmm. And really we came, the group agreed with the kind of two key answers. One was they bring a God-sized vision and they either find people who have the same vision and they join forces or they cast the vision and people catch it, or sometimes both. And then the second was they bring some some tools, some, uh, you know, everybody wants to multiply. Well, here's some tools that can help, you know, biblical tools, patterns that can help you do that. Mm. Um, and I, I really come back to why, have, why has God begun movements? I think a lot of it was people who, and this has happened all throughout history. Movements are not brand new. They've, movements have happened all throughout history. I think when someone accepts a God-sized vision mm. that says, like the Great Commission, Matthew's Great Commission, is make disciples of all ethnic. That means your your object of discipling is an ethnic. 
your object of disciple. Let me pause you a minute. What does ethne mean? I know what it means, but some people watching might not. Yeah. So it's often an English translated nation. That's pretty misleading because we tend to think of political nation states. So they're 220 plus in the, in the world. The word ethne, we get ethnic from, um, means an ethno-linguistic people. They have their own culture, their own language, their own identity. Um, so Indonesia, for instance, is one political nation state. It has 800 different, they actually have a word for it, sukus, ethne, that have their own language, their own culture, their own identity. So in the world, there's 17,000 plus ethne, these ethnic linguistic groups, um, as opposed to 200 plus nation states. So Jesus right. was saying, disciple the 17,000, not disciple the, the 200. That's a so, big thing. <laughs> so when you say, hey, what some of the early guys, what would it take to disciple 13 million Zhuang of China? What would it take to disciple 5 million uh, Chinese of Hainan Island? What would it take to disciple 80 or I think 90 plus million Bhojpuri language speakers in India? So if you're trying to reach, if you're trying to see 90 million Bhojpuri speakers of India discipled, you have to approach it completely differently from the way you would if you were saying, hey, I'm here to plant a church or two. And so they, these men and women accepted God's call to, I want you to help see an entire people group discipled, mm -hmm. an unreached people group. That forces you to do things differently. It forces mm -hmm. you to massive prayer and prayer mobilization because you know only God can do this. It forces you to not depend on outside resources because there's no way you could ever bring enough outside resources in. It forces you to recognize the local new believers have got to be the ones who reach their own people. You know, Acts 19, <coughs> it says in two years, every Jew and Greek in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Excuse me. Well, how do you do that in two years? Because mm. if you send someone to seminary, it takes them three years, right? It had to be all trained and equipped people, and they trained and equipped people, and they trained and equipped people. Mm. And it spread from this daily equipping in the Hall of Tyrannus to, at that time, Roman census tells us about 15 million people in that province. Mm. So, this God-sized vision forces you to do things differently. I'll tell you a quick story about that. Let me take a drink first. Uh, in Africa, there's a, a movement catalyst team now that are seeing God do some amazing things. Back in about 2002 to 2005, they... <coughs> excuse me. They had started work and they had seen about 220 churches planted among, uh, at that point, former Muslims. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, most people yeah. tell you, three years, wow. But the problem was God had told them that they needed to reach an entire region, which included like seven countries. And to do that, the first kind of the first goal was at least 10,000 churches to begin the task of reaching all those seven countries. 
Mm. Well, 220 churches isn't going to get you there. So the vision forced them to change and be willing to change what they were doing. At that point, they got introduced to some movement training because they were desperate to see their people reach. They said at first, really, this is crazy stuff. But they were, in a sense, forced to listen, looking for answers. And God showed them a better way. And then the, the next year after that train, they saw 900 plus churches planted. And they have now, in those 15 or so years, seen about 10,000 churches planted in that region. And they recognize there's still more to be done. That, that didn't, didn't stop there. But without the God-sized vision, I think they would have still been on that 70 churches a year paradigm, as opposed to what's turned into, you know, hundreds and even thousands of churches. Right. Yeah, that's so key. And um, in in the course that uh, many of these people have taken, our first module is all about God-sized vision and uh, stretching ourselves. And when people will write, and some of them who are watching maybe have done this, they, they write their vision and it's it's too small. I'll write back and say, that's not a God-sized vision. That's, that's very doable in our human strength. You know, let's dream outside of what we can do and what we can do alone or what our denomination can do or what our church can do. But it really does come from God. Um, it's not something we can manufacture by just trying to dream big. So maybe you could just talk about that a few minutes, if you would, Stan. How do you receive that kind of a vision for an entire people group or even the faith to believe for it if you're starting to think about that? Um, maybe some of the people that you know who have had that. Yeah, we we know biblically it's God's vision already yeah. that every person hear the gospel, that every people group is thoroughly discipled, what does that mean? I think it's got to mean you've got lots of churches and lots of disciples multiplying. So in that sense, we already know God's vision. We don't have to wonder if that's his vision. That's right. Yeah. The question we have to ask is, is this what you're calling me to do? And who else are you calling to do this? Mm. And if you're calling us to do this, what what price are you asking us to pay? Or price mm. is, are you asking us to pay? Um you know, often it's more important. This is a mindset shift. It's often more important what you stop doing than even what you start doing. Mm -hmm. Many people, as God has called them and said, hey, I want you to be a part of seeing a movement among these people. This, the, the other question begins, we have, who else is God calling to that same vision? And how mm -hmm. can we together become a team that pursues that vision together? And then... God, what, is you, what do you want us to stop doing? Because mm -hmm. there are always things you're doing that are counterproductive or they're stealing your time from the things you need to be doing. And some of the things you like doing, they're, you, you enjoy doing it and they're fun and they're, you're good at it. And well, that's not the question. In fact, this is a key phrase. I, I imagine you've used it as well. The question is not what can I do, but what must be done mm -hmm. or some people will put wig take, what's it going to take, mm -hmm. which is David Garrison's publishing house, wig take publishing. Um, so just say it one more time, Stan, for those who are listening. Yeah, what's, so it's what not is, what can I do, but what must be done. Mm -hmm. Or uh, another way to put it is what is it going to take to see this vision happen? Mm 
Right. And again, that forces us into a, a global body of Christ approach. Who else in the global body is God calling to be a part of this? Mm. Who else has has some of the skills, the abilities, the prayer, the talents that God wants to be a part of this? You know, the crux is always local people, but all of these movements have people from outside those people, that local group helping. And that, you know, we, God loves that sense of kind of building the John 17 unity as we work together to make these things happen. So mm. we have to quit saying, well, I can do this, or I like doing this, or I'm good at doing this. That's not the question. Mm -hmm. What will it take to see your entire people group, your entire city, your entire language group, your entire nation? What will it take to see that entire group reached with the gospel so that they're multiplying churches and multiplying disciples among them? Mm, that's so good. And yeah, maybe you could give a personal example. I'm thinking of an example in my own mind of the start stop related to this. What will it take? Um, not what can I do, but what will it take to see this people group reach, to see this vision come about? Um, some of the things I've had to stop doing that were hard because I like doing them or I was good at them or sometimes they made me feel good, you know, because they, they other people praised me for them. <laughs> you know, there were things that that um, I had to stop doing and start doing things I didn't necessarily get a lot of accolades for or didn't even like doing that much, but I knew it was what it was going to take to be able to move this vision forward. Um, do you have a personal example or an example from a movement leader of some of the kinds of things people have to stop and start to get it done? Yeah, I had a, a couple thoughts on that. One would be... Um, we have often mistaken teaching for lecturing, right? So I I like to lecture. I like people listening to me. I'm, you know, have done it quite a bit. And I had to recognize, well, teaching is causing to learn. It's not lecturing. So most of the way I train in DMM now is inductive biblical studies. I don't talk that much. I might give examples or... I'm not the one giving information. <clears throat> I'm saying to people, hey, if this is in scripture, if it's in scripture, do it. If it's not, don't. Teach on a pedestal role, imparting wisdom to my students too. I'm not the teacher, John six, God himself will teach them. I'm trying to put them in a position to listen and learn from God and then help coach them to apply those things. Right. So changing the, my, my personal view of teaching is one. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, stirring our faith to believe for movements among the unreached, is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com today. Two was amazing. Great insights by Stan. I'm learning a lot. I hope you are too. Well, here's some of my takeaways. 
outside catalysts can contribute by bringing a God-sized vision and bringing simple tools to the partnership, to the work that Indigenous people are doing. We talked about how ethne means an ethno-linguistic people, and they have their own language, culture, and identity. The Great Commission is calling all of us to every ethne. We talked about how movement catalysts will learn how to ask the question, what will it take to disciple a whole people group? I hope you're asking yourself that question. Am I asking what will it take for the whole people group? Or have I only been asking what can I do? Um, and he talked about calling, how we need to ask ourselves, is this something that God wants me to do? Not is it, God, is it God's will? Because of course it's God's will that every people group be reached and that every person would come to the knowledge of the Savior. So lots of good stuff that we talked about. Here's my action step takeaway for you. Ask yourself that question today. Have I been asking what will it take? Or have I been asking, what can I do? And if the answer is, what can I do? Then ask the Lord for help in shifting your mindset so that you start to ask that question. What will it take? Prayerfully before the Lord, really asking God to show you what will it take to reach this entire people group, this entire region around me for the kingdom of God and asking God to give you that God-sized vision. God bless you. We'll see you back on the next episode. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media, and please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.